Hello, beautiful basketball fans. Welcome to this week's episode of We Have a Take, the what podcast. You can find us on Twitter at We Have a Take. I'm Cassidy, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, a woman who loves a good pre-post podcast walk it's tara how are you doing tara i'm great cassidy but i didn't get in a pre-podcast walk because it's like over 90 degrees outside again so i'm gonna do it after hopefully it'll be cooled down a little bit nice well today we are joined by amy stigmeyer from the memphis flyer writing about the memphis grizzlies and we are excited because there's been some memphis grizzlies news in the league this week how are you doing today amy um, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. So, are we going to talk about how mad I am about this trade? Because I am. Oh. oh, we're going to get there. But first, we're going to break uh, some ice with an icebreaker. And we're going to do a little hypothetical today. If you were a top draft prospect, what brand would you want to immediately reach out to to form a sponsorship with? I told Tara one thing, but I've been thinking about it, and I'm going to say something different, and that's Pat McGrath Lab. Wait, say that again? Pat McGrath Lab. What's that? Am I like... It's it's a a makeup brand. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I thought it was like some super cool basketball thing that like every like basketball person knows, and I'm like going, what is that? No, no. my, my, My pandemic hobby was skincare and makeup like I watched all of the makeup videos on YouTube and so now my like I'm pretty sure I've confused the algorithm because it's it's pretty evenly basketball videos and like makeup tutorials so I'm not sure they know what the hell to think about me but uh that sounds like an awesome partnership yeah good to confuse the algorithms a little bit give me all the eyeshadow Tara do you have one well, Amy, I was just gonna say Amy's is like totally made for Instagram and YouTube. It's like works on multiple platforms. So it's like you would have a huge reach. Um, and, you know, the brand would be lucky to pick you up because you've got, you know, a big reach with like the whole basketball community. And even if everybody doesn't actually wear makeup, they may have partners or other people in their lives who they love that wear makeup. And I think it would be an awesome fit. So for me... I think I would probably reach out to the Hallmark Channel um, because nobody loves, you know, potential sports crossovers with Hallmark more than I do. So I think I could really like have some really great content where I like, you know, posed in a variety of ways, um, looking like the cover of a Hallmark Channel movie, but like incorporating basketball. And uh, yeah, I think that I think there's a lot of possibilities. I don't know if it would be as lucrative as Amy's great idea. However, what about you, Cassidy? Um, I just want to be sponsored by any brand of oat milk that I drink. Um, Cause I drink a lot of oat milk uh, in various coffee forms. So uh, I guess like Califia oat milk wanted to sponsor me, you okay. know, like. So I've tried really hard to make oat milk work for me but it tastes like oatmeal water to me i drink in the wrong oat milk then am i because there are ones that are gross okay i'll give some other ones a try 
Because I'm like this, this, the the kind I tried. Like I had a lot, and I was at this place, and they were like, "Oh, we we have this great new oat milk, and we make it ourselves." And I was like, "Okay." And then they gave it to me, and I was like, "Oh, this tastes like espresso with oatmeal water in it." So okay, well, I won't give up just yet, Cassidy, because you're spon- going to be sponsored by one someday. Whoever that is, I will make sure I try them. Yeah, that's definitely like I need that sponsorship. I buy it by the case, like sponsor me um well now that we're not trying to get me a sponsorship with an oat milk brand let's dive into a little bit of basketball so this week we finally got the breaking news the Woj bombs the shams bombs the whoever broke the news bombs uh with a trade memphis is gonna send jonas valanchunas and a 2021 number 17 and 51 pick to New Orleans for Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe and a 2021 pick number 10 and 40 and a protected 2022 first round pick via the Lakers. I think that's correct. Um, <laughs> Your face as that description went on was hilarious as it just got longer and longer. <laughs> and like, um, there's other things happening. Oh, money. Okay. People trading. Okay. So we have Amy here to give us the rundown of how we feel about this big trade to kick off the off season. I'm still kind of pissed. Um, I get that it is probably more in tune with the front office's long-term picture, but I think it's going to make them worse this upcoming season. I think that a lot of people really underestimated what Jonas Valanciunas brought to that Grizzlies team. And they're not going to want to take a step back. Like someone like John Morant, tank, tank doesn't occur to him. You know, they're, they're ready to, to, you know, to push forward and keep going. And it's been said that they're, that the Memphis front office is not done dealing what they're dealing. And so they'll, that there's a chance that they get rid of Eric Bledsoe I wouldn't be shocked to see Steven Adams in a Grizzlies uniform, but um, you can't make me like it. You just can't. Um, I, you don't get enough on the defensive end to make up for the offensive loss that you were going to get from, from losing Valanciunas. Um, he, um, that, and, and just, he was just far and away the best rebounder on the team. And Jaron Jackson Jr. is, is not quite there yet. You know, I mean, he definitely needs to get some more time at the five. But if, I mean, if you want somebody that will go out and give you 20 and 10 every night, that's Jonas Valanciunas. And it's a, you know what you're going to get from him. And for the most part, he pretty much always delivers. And then I looked at what Steven Adams' free throw percentage was, and then I threw my phone across the room. He shoots 44% from the free throw line. 40 four percent from the free throw line no no like I missed free throws have been one of the banes of my existence in writing about this team for the last few years and there's something about Memphis basketball team and missed free throws in the clutch that just have have just hurt us so badly whether the Tigers the Grizzlies um and so, yeah, I, you know, I, I will, to the day I die, I will, will say, you've got to make your free throws. You've got to make your free throws. 
that's why they're there. That should be the easiest shot. And people might not agree with me, but that should be the absolute easiest shot you take on the court. You can practice that immensely. And there are a lot of people who don't, I guess a lot of players who maybe don't think of it as, as that valuable of a skill, but I feel like, and especially for, you know, somebody who could draw fouls like Jonas could, like, let the man shoot, let him get his point. You know, if they're like, when they, when they were just doing horribly from, from the three point line, I would much rather see them drive the basket, you know, try and get a basket or get the foul. If you could either get an and one or you can, you know, make two from the, like those guaranteed two points to me are going to be better than the three you missed. And I know that, that the evolution of how the NBA is going now, I, I'm not a huge fan of small ball. Um, I, I, I like big guys in the post. That's my thing. It makes me happy to see. So that's another reason why I'm not real keen on them sending Valachunas out, even if he's not necessarily part of their long-term outlook, he would benefit them well, like greatly this season. So we may see some really ugly Grizzlies basketball for a while. Well, I was super jealous because I've been like harboring secret, um, fantasies might be a little bit dramatic sounding but i was really thinking that jonas van jonas valanchunas would look great in a blazer uniform and i think maybe there's some other places that think that he might um you know fit in well but i mean Stephen adams at least you get somebody who's like got personality does that count for anything in your book or do you think that he's maybe going to get traded well i've I would be, I'm, I'm about 75-25 and that he'll be, he'll be a Grizzly or they'll, they'll deal him. What you might not know is that Memphis fans, longtime Memphis fans are still holding a grudge against Stephen Adams for the 2014 playoffs. Um, when Zach Randolph got suspended for that game seven because of a, oh, uh, something that's they a good even, wrinkle. Oh my God. I, I like, I'm still not over that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, I I mean, he's not a horrible basketball player. So, I mean, it's not like, I feel like they did the absolute worst thing, but I don't think they made themselves any better in the short term. And it remains to be seen whether or not, you know, these these draft picks are going to make them better in the long term. But they also just just took on just an incredible amount of salary from New Orleans. Like, why? I don't know. That's probably why I'm not the GM. But yeah, maybe they're going to be doing a favor for somebody else. Like, isn't that kind of the thing that they do? Don't they like take on players and like not make them play? <laughs> like, hasn't that no. happened a few times in the last few years? Like with Chandler Parsons and well, Chandler Parsons, uh, like he was injured. Andre Iguodala yeah. didn't play because he didn't want to. And okay. he didn't want to play in Memphis. And he resented that he was sent here. So he didn't want to play. And he wanted the Grizzlies to buy him out. But he absolutely would not take less than his guaranteed contract amount. And, you know, I, I wrote about this a couple of times. Honestly, sit him. Find him. You don't want to play here? That's fine. Like, he made it very apparent that he was absolutely not on board with anything that this franchise wanted to do. 
And so when they were able to send him to Miami with uh, Solomon Hill and Jay Crowder, um, good riddance, bye, go, please. By all means, go. If you don't want to be here, we definitely don't want you to be here. Chandler Parsons is a whole other ball of wax because he was the big swing that they took that absolutely did not just just was I saw what they were trying to do and if it had worked out it would have been great and they were trying to get somebody next to Mike Conley and Mark Gasol that was you know when they they gave Mike that at the time was like the largest contract in the NBA because there was that huge jump in the cap from the year before to that so they picked up Chandler Parsons thinking he's going to play like he did in, you know, in Dallas, but he didn't. And he never really got a hundred percent. And I mean, a lot of people soured on him because of that. I don't know that it was really any, like, I, I don't think he just purposely decided he wasn't going to play. Like, I, I think there was a lot of, there was some injury rehab involved. And when he got back out on the floor, he just wasn't who he was before. And, you know, the fact that his contract was so huge and like it had just really kind of put them in a position where all the money that they had out, you know, that was their big swing for a free agent and it didn't land. You know, if it had, maybe we're all having a different conversation now. I will forever, forever maintain that if Mike Conley did not get his face broken by CJ McCollum in 2015, we have all been having a very different conversation between now and then. Like that, like they, they came so close to beating the Warriors in the second round. Um, even with Mike's face just like obliterated. So um, yeah, I've, I, I don't want to see them bring in somebody who's just not going to play at all. And I want to see them do smart things with their cap space and smart things with draft picks. I will give I will give this front office the benefit of the doubt because they have drafted really well in the last several years, which is not historically a thing that the Grizzlies have been able to do. So, you know, the fact that they've picked up, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, Tilly and Tilly, um, like they they've picked up some. Like, you know, aside from Ja, who is a legit superstar, you know, they've got some, some, some draft sleepers that Zion Williamson did not play for the majority of his, of his rookie season. If you take him out of that equation, John Morant and Brandon Clark were the two best rookies in that class, and you will never convince me otherwise. Like, I will, I will pull out receipts oh, on yeah. that. So the fact that he didn't, you know – that, he, that you know, Brandon Clark didn't get like second runner up or something. I don't know. I know, I know that you know, close only counts and horseshoes and hand grenades and all that. But I mean, he played really well his rookie year, not as well last year. But I think that was also due to injury. So if he's 100% this year, maybe they're going to make up some of the rebounding that they've lost. You know, from Jonas with him, um, there's a lot of guys that they need to get minutes to. And if you've got Jonas, he's going to get, you know, anywhere from 28 to 32 minutes a night. Like, he's going to play that. So, Is Jaron Jackson Jr. ready to step into You mentioned him briefly. Is he ready to take – I mean, are they – does this give him clearance to get more minutes and more time at the five? 
it, it, it pretty much has to. Like, I can't think, there, I can't think of who else they would have started the five if not Jaron. And he's still, he's, he's still got to learn to stay out of foul trouble. That him and Dylan Brooks, man, I, I don't know what it is. They, they, they do love, well, I'm not going to say it like that, but yes, they, they draw a lot of fouls. And Jaron spent a lot of time in foul trouble that they, the Grizzlies absolutely just could not afford it, to lose him at that time. But there were also a couple of games where we had guys, you know, that had five fouls, like, okay, so we've got five minutes left in the last quarter. Okay, well, let him get fouled out then. Like, I don't know, you know, if we've got guys that we need to play, I don't understand why, like, okay, you got four fouls, cool, put him back into the fourth, let him get the fifth and the sixth. It's, it's just that effort. And I do think that Jared has the potential to be absolutely as good as Jonas is. Um, that, you know, my disgruntledness with this move has absolutely nothing to do with what I think Jaron Jackson is capable of but he's not there yet. So it'll be, it'll be interesting like I said, to see it shake out. Do you think the Steven Adams pickup is partially to have him kind of mentor Jackson in a role that they kind of see him as in the future? You know, I could, I, that is something that I could legitimately see, you know, I don't know that he's going to, that Adams will fit in the culture the same way that Balanchunas did, but he is going to give you some veteran presence. And, you know, the Grizzlies are still an extremely young team. They've got a lot of really young players. And so that, that whole veteran leadership thing, that was something that Jonas Balanchunas and Kyle Anderson both were able to, to kind of bring to the table. So hopefully Steven Adams can, can pick that up in that regard. I want to be optimistic about it. Yeah. I mean, I know Tara's a huge Stephen Adams fan. So, I mean, make your case, Tara. (laughs) Well, I just really uh, think that he's a fun guy to root for. But I, like, totally understand a fan base having a longstanding opinion about a player. Mm -hmm. For instance, remember when Trevor Ariza was brought into Portland and it was – you know, it yeah. was not pretty. <laughs> Trevor Ariza was known for uh, a really hard and uh, pretty dirty foul on uh, Rudy Fernandez, which made the Portland fan base really mad. So, and it also sounds like maybe uh, the Memphis fan base would not be interested in CJ McCollum, like they uh, have. No, um... <laughs> that is good to know. That background yeah. is important. <laughs> I mean, he probably sent him wine. No, ma'am. You know, I, I, I have it on authority that CJ McCollum is a, is just a stand up guy. So my issue is completely basketball related. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna hold a grudge about that. But at the same time, like, he's not a dirty player. He didn't do that on purpose. You know, there are players who you would have you it would have taken you a lot more to convince me that they didn't maybe hit a little harder push a little harder. Chris Paul is a perfect example of that. He did it in these finals. Um, he did it to Mark Gasol some years ago when they knocked them out. Uh, like Mark had a, 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 it was a torn abdominal muscle or something, but like right towards the very end of that game, 
when they put the ball back in play, like Chris Paul just, just like slammed into his midsection. Like he did with that, that, that Giannis dunk where like, he just got like all up in his face. I have to respect Chris Paul's game, but I don't respect his, I, I, I don't know. I think Chris Paul's dirty as hell. Let me just say it. So <laughs> I, I am biased there. I, you don't think CJ would you don't think he'd be a good fit basketball wise? Actually he might. That but I think he'd be a nice fit. He, I mean he's he's a great player. Um so yeah, I, I would be a lot I just think beside Jaw, I think they could be a really nice team. Actually that not, not that I'm trying to like trade CJ McCollum away. Because I want CJ, I just want CJ to be somewhere where, where that he could thrive and somewhere where he would be a good fit and where he would be appreciated. And um, I just was trying to think about teams that he would be a good fit. And I was thinking a team with a young, dynamic point guard, um, you know, who I just felt like it would be a good fit basketball wise. No, that's, I mean, honestly, he probably would. Like my my whole thing is complete pettiness over Mike Conley. That's it, um, because there's always a part of me that's 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 always going to be my captain. Um, I took it really hard when they 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 broke up the the Grizzlies core four. Um, that that was probably one of the absolute best teams that never won a title. Um, like what that yeah. team meant to the city of Memphis, and you know how they just revitalized that franchise. So, you know, when they traded Mark to the Raptors and we got Jonas and then, you know, they sent Mike to Utah and that was like the last, that was like ripping the rest of the Band-Aid off when they did that. Um, and, you know, I love Mike Conley. I hope he prospers in Utah. Um, I was, I was sad about it until they drafted Ja. And John Moran is legitimately a superstar basketball player in a way that Mike Conley has just never been. So it's, it's fun to watch. And after having so fun, they were so bad. Like, yes, please let me watch fun basketball. Like, please, like, please let us win more than 20 games in a season. Come on. Well, they're easy to cheer for too, which like, I never thought I'd say as a Blazers fan about a Memphis team, but they're just fun. Like they really are fun to watch. And there's, there's something about jaw. And there was something about when they lost in the play-in two seasons ago. And there was this look on his face when he left the court that day. And I knew that if they made it to a play-in again, he wasn't going to lose. And that was that look where you just know you're looking at someone who's going to be an absolute superstar. And that's jaw. I mean, and like, what? Is there a more fun superstar to cheer for? I feel like Giannis and jaw are like very fun to cheer for people. Uh, You know what? I agree with you 100% on that. Um, I never really expected that we'd get a player like that in Memphis. So, I mean, he is a different level of basketball talent. Um, and, and he is, a, you know, a legit superstar. And, man, he wants to win. And, you know, we, we appreciate that. Well, you know, Memphis fans will appreciate anybody that comes in that, that wants to fit in the system and wants to play hard. Like, you come in and you show that you'll buy in. 
Memphis fans will rally around you. They rallied around Mario Chalmers. And after the way that he iced them and uh, was it March? I forget which round of March Madness it was. But, man, they knocked out the Tigers. And, man, folks were bitter about that for a long time. So, you know, when they signed Mario Chalmers, there was a lot of people who were, you know, Tiger fans also who were like, no, we don't like this. This sucks. But then he came, like, he, he came and he played and he was really good before he got injured. And everybody was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fine. You beat us. That's cool. You're here now. We're good. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much how it is. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like NBA teams, there are very few that have like a college team where their fan bases are very much overlapped. Like I know the Blazers, we have, we have the Ducks, but we also have the Beavers. And then we have a lot of people who went random place, but it seems like Memphis just cheers for the Tigers as a city. And so it's interesting to have that happen in an NBA city. And it's like two basketball. I don't know. That just feels like it adds another dynamic to a fan base that is fun. And it kind of gives you a backup basketball team. I don't know. Maybe I'm just searching for a backup basketball team here in Portland. Um. I completely get what you're saying. So, yeah. Um. And it's kind of one of those things, Amy, in in Portland, it's been rough for players who are from Portland who come to play in Portland. And it seems like, you know, uh, Memphis has had good, um, you know, good experiences for people from Memphis who stay and play in Memphis. And I don't know what it is. Like, I mean, Damon Stoudemire was great, but I don't necessarily think he enjoyed his time here very much. Um, let's see who else has come back. I don't know. I can't, I can't think of other ones, but I just, and they sort of don't want to come. A lot of times they like, don't want to come back. Although Kevin Love is doing absolutely everything that he possibly can signaling through Instagram and everyone in his social media accounts that he's desperate to come to Portland. (laughs) So maybe that'll happen. I mean, at this point, I just, he wants it so bad, let him have it. I don't care anymore. Like, as Tara and I have discussed, I we're very disconnected <laughs> with the team at this point in a lot of ways, and we're coming to terms with some things. So um, I'm here for the chaos. Like, let it be. Uh, yeah. A lot of things that we used to care about yeah. we're not caring about so much anymore. But that that kind of brings me to something I wanted to ask Amy about with because you know we're in such a bubble here in portland what's the relationship between the fan base and the front office in um uh in memphis i mean like what like you had they had a fantastic pickup with jaw uh obviously that was a success like does does the fan base generally feel like it has confidence is it divided it's probably divided because most of them are but just like can you talk a little bit about what that relationship is like right Actually, now Actually, yeah so they they did like a big a couple of seasons ago um, when they got rid of Chris Wallace um, who had been- oh, you mean you got a new general manager yes yeah. and and claiming uh, oh, we want one I, so bad like we have somebody who can actually make good draft picks and 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 Memphis has been burned but let's put Hashim Sabit. That's all I need to say. Hashim Sabit. Okay. We're still not over that. Um, and even, you know, when, you know, they, they picked up 
and that, you know, Deontay Davis, um, Jordan Adams, the, you know, uh, Jarnell Stokes. The, these are guys who didn't really stick around, you know, for, for long. Some of them I'm not even sure are still in the league. But it hasn't been up really until Jared that they have, that they have done well on, on draft picks. I don't think they technically drafted Dylan Brooks. I think they traded for his spot. Um, but, and Dylan, Dylan played, um, he was Oregon duck. Yeah. So um, yeah, that people are a lot more understanding now because they, they've made some really smart moves and some really smart draft picks. And so I think they're going to earn themselves a lot, at least, is from what I can see a lot more of the benefit of the doubt. Like, like right now, like why I'm not ready to just burn everything down right now, because I do know that they have a long-term outlook for this team that is not necessarily win now. It is to be sustainable and to bring a championship to Memphis, which is what everybody wants. So, you know, a lot of us are really optimistic about the, the kind of the new faces in the front. I guess they're not really new. It's, been almost two years now but but yeah like the, the the fans are a lot more agreeable about the front office than we have been in years past so that that definitely helps does they like you're another small market right I mean you consider Memphis a small market I would I would guess does your GM ever say well it's just really hard we tried <laughs> See, that's he really doesn't, and and that's a like that whole attitude was very much something that we kind of got from Chris Wallace. Um, Memphis is a small market, and like we know that that like they are not a major free agent destination. Nobody is nobody is like you know champion is a big one. Let me come to Memphis. Let me come to Memphis. I mean, we'll welcome you if you come here. There are guys that come here, you know, and a lot of guys who have, who have said, you know, they come here and, and, you know, the city embraces them and they do. Um, plus we have awesome food here. In Memphis. Um, that's always, always a plus, but you know, there's not, there's not big name free agents that are just like, we were never going to get a LeBron James. Like, like we were never going to get Anthony Davis. We're, we're, we were never going to get any real big free agent. Like the biggest strike that they had at a free agent was Chandler Parsons. And I think that's probably going to continue to be true. So I think if the plan is to build through draft picks, they're doing well with that. Um, they may shift in some more role players, but they also have a lot of role players too. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they look starting the season once they get through shifting everybody around. Well, we talked a little bit about you know, the scrappy play. And, you know, we talked a little bit about Chris Paul and we know the board of governors came out and kind of adjusted a few rules this week and they've adjusted the fouls and what is basketball movement and non-basketball movement as to crack down on some certain theatrics, I would say. Uh, How are we feeling about this switch of this rule? I think it's great. I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely in, in favor. Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it's enforced. 
Yeah. That's always the big one. I think when they change rules, because I feel like sometimes it's a little more effortless. And then sometimes it's like, who's going to call it tonight? Who's not going to call it tonight? How do we call this? What's going on? And I just hope it doesn't become very clearly stars versus the rest of us. Like it kind of, you know, but it feels like the rule is written against certain stars. So it like to kind of call them out on it. So it feels like maybe we are looking for a better balance, which I do appreciate. I also just think we need to speed up the game. Um, There's a lot of dead time and dead balls and reviews and this and that. And if we can cut down on the theatrics of it all and trying to draw fouls, I think you get a better product of basketball. Absolutely. Like, let them, let them play through. There, there were so many mm-hmm. games late in the season with Memphis that they would, they would call these fouls, but they wouldn't call them equally on both ends of the floor, which one thing is one part that sucks. And another, like you said, it really messes up the flow of gameplay and so, like, there was one point where, like, they were, you know, they're reviewing balls almost every other possession. Like, what happened? Well, is you know, what about this foul? Was this flagrant? Was this not? Was this? And, and yeah, it, it can add, start, you know, a lot of time to a game where it's just, it is just dead ball. You know, they're not playing. They're not doing anything. But. You know, they and I appreciate that they want to get those calls right, but I also there's there are sometimes they definitely just should just let them play through and let them because it, it calling calling some of those fouls the way they do just like really picky. Some of them like it does disrupt the flow of gameplay, and I don't like. I think that has been detrimental I know it's been detrimental to the Grizzlies before so I I can't imagine that it hasn't been for other teams too um you know when you get in a good offensive rhythm and then suddenly foul 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 you know and then we're going to take two minutes for each one to review this well then you kind of you kind of lose that that momentum so to speak Mm -hmm. yeah it's like icing the kicker but it's constantly happening and it's not the other team it's the refs I like the change I also I mean let's we're talking about guys like James Harden and Chris Paul and let's be honest Damian Lillard does it all the time and if people watch the Blazers and don't admit that Damian Lillard does the exact same thing and takes the exact same advantage of the rule then they're not really watching um and now I've noticed that a lot of the younger players are starting to do it like Donovan Mitchell has been starting to do it and some of the other players maybe I've seen Jamal Murray I'm not 100% sure about that so I think it's good because it's ugly it's like you both said it slows down the game but I have to admit one thing that I do admire about players and like face it, these guys are geniuses at what they do. Like you don't get to the NBA and you don't become a superstar in the NBA without being a genius about basketball. And these guys have cracked the code. They figured out how to exploit a rule that had not been written. And I kind of have sort of a grudging respect for that, <laughs> for them figuring it out and like forcing them to change the rule. Cause it's like, um, you know, like this game has evolved over many years and it's really like 
fairly true to what it originally was, but rules have changed along the way because players have figured some stuff out. And like, we have to, you know, look at the fact that the game has changed a lot in the last 10 years. Um, and so I'm excited for the change also because I'm also kind of excited to see what rule they're going to exploit next because I love chaos and I love it when like people think that they're just going to like, you know, cut this off. And if they don't think that they're going to figure out some way to exploit the rules in a different way, then, you know, it's like welcome to the world. That's how these things happen. So I'm excited to see where they go with it next. Um, but I'm wondering, like. So I've been watching the 3x3 tournaments on the Olympic on the Olympics N- newest biggest 3x3 fan ever. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. But like they're just plowing into each other, you know, and they're playing and that is fun and I think like I've been grown accustomed to this like halting game with all these ugly fouls that it's just like ah and you know in these games it's like when someone's fouled like they're bleeding or <laughs> they're like on the ground because they couldn't stay up uh so i'm wondering also just like with the team usa's experience and i'm talking about the five you know the the big the, the five on five team you know usa like with their exposure to these new rules you know um doesn't that doesn't seem to be going great for them I guess is my point yeah I mean FIBA doesn't tolerate that really like it's just I don't know if it's because flopping in soccer is so theatric and over the top that somehow in in international basketball they were like no it's like not not this sport this is not the time for this right now um but it's definitely not going well for certain players or for a style of play. And I think, I wonder how similar we're going to see FIBA calling to the way they call this role next year in the NBA. I, I honestly, I hadn't even thought about that. Um, I will, I will happily admit that I'm kind of ignoring the, the men's Olympic basketball team this year. Um, <laughs> Sorry, the women are better. And I I don't have the same energy for the Olympics this time around that I have before. I think it's probably just a product of like the whole last year and I'm tired, everybody's tired. And I kind of think the, the Olympic committee is a bunch of assholes anyway. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at totally understandable but if you do get a chance to watch it that 3x3 games are so fun and they're like 10 minutes long i mean it's it's 10 minutes is the time and it takes maybe 15 to 18 minutes to play it it's like so fast i I did i woke up this morning put the coffee on watched the game drank one cup of coffee and was done the game was over and it was like i was like oh my god this they should all be like this (laughs) this is the perfect we get like a side league where they do the, the three-on-three, well, that actually sounds like it would be, like, to see, I don't know how they could really incorporate it into the NBA, but that would be, like, that would be total chaos and just hella fun to watch. Well, and I've Isn't watched... the big three, though? Yeah, I mean, I've watched some of that, but it's, like, the big three is so about spectacle, you know, and it's just, like it's it feels longer and it's just all about mm-hmm. the like giving these guys a chance to come back and like 
shine and you know it's it's fun in its way but like if you like just watching straight up basketball like this is an incredible 10 minutes with no funny business it's just layups and blocks and grabbing the ball and stripping each other from behind and you got to take it back to the arc before you go back in and it's it's just so much fun and i've watched some big three and it's just I think it could be fun, but I don't, it's not as fast paced. It's a little bit more, it's more gimmicky for sure. You know, with their, all their different kinds of shots and you stand from this circle and you get four points and things like that. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, that's my new, my new one is three X three. It's just really, and it's three. Apparently it's called three X three, not three on three. That is like one thing that I learned from the broadcast, but it was also like four o'clock in the morning. It's three X three. It's not called three on three. It's three X three. So three on three is like, I think that's maybe what the big three is more like. I don't know. I don't know all the nuances. Well, see, I learned something new today. <laughs> yeah, same. I had no idea. But the gold medal match was today. So they'll probably be playing it tonight. It's, I don't know what day, I don't even know what day it is anymore, but whatever day today was, <laughs> the gold medal match was this morning and they'll probably play it tonight. It's worth your time. Yeah, it's a good one. They also have it on the app too. I think we need to get some national perspective on Damian Lillard and the Damian Lillard trade oh, rumors. Okay. Yes, actually, that's like I want to pretend it's not happening. Um, but Amy, we need help. <laughs> we need to know what people outside of Portland think about all of these rumors about Damian actually asking for a trade. I have never gotten that vibe off of Damian Lillard. And I know I've said this before, but it's really hard for me to imagine him playing somewhere that's not Portland. Um, and that's not to say that maybe it won't happen, but like, if you think of guys who are going to stay somewhere for most of their career, like I kind of feel like Dame is one of those guys. And I I mean, I'm sure there's other teams who would probably really benefit from his style of play, but I don't know. I'm kind of with you guys. I don't want him to lose Portland. <laughs> like, I enjoy watching him play with the Blazers. So, um, so yeah, that I know you guys have had a lot of chaos surrounding the team and and decisions that are, have been made. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Quite a bit of chaos, quite a bit of uh, disappointment on a fan base level, I would say, and kind of just, it feels like maybe no one is on the same page when it comes to the Lillard team and the media team and what is happening and yeah, it's a little crazy. I don't know. I feel like they should do everything they could to make Dame happy because he is a cornerstone of that franchise and you know and I I like chaos as much as everybody but I'm also kind of really averse to change in a lot of ways and like I said he's one of those players that like I can't imagine not playing where he is so I mean we like not from wood maybe I'll, maybe I'll be right because he, he just really doesn't he doesn't give off that vibe. Like you don't think he, like there's not going to be a Damian Lillard, the decision happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I don't buy it. And he's like on Twitter now being like, what is happening? Everybody needs to calm down. Like, 
it's just insanity. And I don't like, are we that bored? There's a million sports going on right now. We literally have like the Olympics going on. We have all these things, yet we're stuck talking about like putting Damien in a Lakers jersey. And it's like, gross. Stop it. NBA Twitter is that bored, though. There, there, there's a certain faction of NBA Twitter that just loves to Photoshop other other guys, other team players into their jerseys. They should focus on energy on getting them on the right. Yeah. Like, focus yeah, your crazy. Photoshopping energies to get people in the right jerseys on the NBA rosters, because this is a problem. They're always in the wrong jerseys. So, like, if you have a Photoshop need for jersey changes, like make jersey changes that are real yeah somebody put john a lakers uniform and i was like nope i'm not even going to entertain this thought can't do it don't want to do it no need to okay but i can't figure out what is happening so here's here's the where we are today amy this is why i really need an outsider perspective okay so there is a reporter named henry abbott who you've probably heard of he used to be with espn he is true hoop on twitter he's been around a long time he's well known as you know somebody who's an excellent writer and has good sources so he like a month ago or i don't even again i don't know time anymore um he was the one who said that Damian Lord is about ready to ask for a trade. That was uh, like, I guess a couple of weeks ago. It was right before Damian, or right after Damian's birthday. Damian Lord is about ready to ask for a trade. And then we were like, ah, and then Damian was like, no, I'm not going to ask for a trade. So Mr. Abbott wrote a second article. And in this article, he talks about how Damian Lord has entertained the idea of doing a James Harden, which to me is so completely out of character so a it's so completely out of character for what damian lillard would do that he would sit down and not play basketball games and force his way out in an ugly manner like that because he's always been somebody who wants to smooth things over so then okay let me read you an excerpt from this article and we're going to do some forensics and try to figure out who is trying to do what here okay so it goes like this um Sources say Damien told his national team friends that he thought the situation in Portland was getting worse. So this is while they were all in Vegas. The next day was his birthday. He would turn 31. He told the group that he had meetings with his team coming up the day after that, and he was thinking about demanding a trade. He put percentages on it, 75-25, which confused people. What did that mean? It meant he would listen to the team's plans, and if he didn't like what he heard, he would demand a trade. He estimated that he was 25% likely to demand a trade that Friday. Whatever the numbers, some in the room tell True Hoop they took it as the beginning of the end for Lillard and the Blazers. What is the point of this? Now this is me talking. What is the point of any of this? Either Damien has somebody who he's very close to who is attending parties with, you know, birthday parties with all the other NBA players on Team USA and taking back private conversations to a uh, an independent reporter and reporting those. And either he's doing it with or without Damien's knowledge. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I feel like that might have been like clickbait for, for lack of a better word. 
Um, there are people who like to like to say things that are controversial, and I think that falls in that category. Um, I have never gotten that vibe off Damian Lillard either, that he would be the guy to, to go in and say, okay, I'm, I, I'm done. I, I, you got to send me someplace else. And to, like to do what James Harden did this past season, hell no. Like that, I really could not see that. And I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that, that I think Henry Abbott is full of shit. Totally like, not what he would do. It's like totally out of character. Yeah, I, that, that to me is weird because I don't see, at least from what I know of Damian Lillard as a player and as a person, I don't, I don't see that happening. And I know you guys are way more in tune with that. And if you say that that's out of character for him, I absolutely believe it. And part of me wonders if this isn't, you know, somebody just wants to kind of, stir things you know, up exactly like here let's let's see what what kind of trouble we can make you know we're you know the day before the draft now we're about to be hitting free agency and so maybe he just thought hey let me see if I can make some chaos here and you know make some folks uncomfortable but I don't like I have never gotten that vibe off Lillard and I, I with you I kind of really hesitate to to think that there's some truth to that because it's not not at all so I mean and maybe I'm out of touch but I don't I don't think so like I there are players that I could see who would who would definitely demand a trade but Dave's not one of them I just also I just think that like that conversation a hundred percent could have taken place at dinner between a bunch of guys who are friends. Like, I mean, how much do you say at dinner <laughs> when you're eating dinner with your friends? You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. I, I don't, Where did someone not get sarcasm. I mean, I just, to have that confidential or, you know, to have like, to have that, if I was Damien, I'm either, letting it be leaked on purpose or I'm super mad at the person who leaked it. The reason that, okay. So I went down this whole path thinking maybe it's a leak just to kind of like light a fire under the front office to do something. Maybe it's not really true. Maybe it's just to do that. It would have never been a leak that happened on space jam day. Cause that is not how the way that that media would work. Like Dame wanted the focus to be on Space Jam's release. That was clear. So if it was a leak, it was a leak that was held or a leak that just, it wouldn't have happened on that day. So like, I don't, that's where I was like, no, he would have never had it be on Space Jam day. Maybe it's Draymond. Maybe it's one of those guys who want Damian Lillard to come to their team and play with them and they're trying to help stir things up. I don't know. It's just, no. it's just fascinating to me. And it's been such a long time since Portland has been involved in anything like this. And it just seems so out of character. And that was why I wanted to like find out. And it sounds like Amy agrees that this, from what you've seen from him also, it seems out of character to you as well. 
Okay, since you brought it up, have you guys seen Space Jamity Legacy? What are your thoughts on this? Absolutely, I have. Um, I thought it was very fun and entertaining, and I'm thinking that kids are going to appreciate it the way that I appreciated Space Jam when I was a kid. That's pretty. I actually wrote a review for it for the Memphis Flyer. Um, I volunteered because I knew that I was going to watch it. Like it, it was already a done deal that that was happening in my house that Friday, and oh, so yeah, I sent a, a message to um, the guy that that reviews films and stuff. I'm like, hey, can I volunteer to do this? And he's like, thank you. And honestly. I think it, for what it was, I think it was great. I mean, it wasn't, it's not a good movie, but. It's not supposed to win an Oscar, people. No, it's fun. You have the basketball aspect. You have basically Warner Brothers throwing their entire catalog of intellectual property there. um, There were some choices that were made, but like a lot of that movie was just really fun and it's, I, I, I said this, I think that they have a very specific target audience. It's elementary school age kids and millennials who are nostalgic for the night. And I fall in that last category. Um, I, I, I guess, what do they call it? Like elder millennials, because I was born in 81. So, so yeah, like I, and I have rewatched Space Jam in the last few years. Was it good? No, but it was fun. Yeah, I mean, the first line in my husband's vows included Space Jam. So, like, I take this very seriously. Okay, that's that's actually really awesome. Um, I I think that's amazing. Um, It's a fun kids movie, and it's not something that you should take too serious. I feel like they kind of got a really good message built into it too with the whole, you know, LeBron and his son story. Like, like they managed to get like some kind of moral message in there. You got some fun basketball you got to see some creative versions of, of basketball players. Um, I'm, I, I loved Kronos. I'm sorry. I did. He, that made me happy. Um, I, I kind of, <laughs> kind of wish that we weren't supposed to root against the goon squad because because some of that was really fun and honestly I would watch Don Cheadle act out the songbook so you know it had lots of stuff that kept me interested you know the animation was good um the graphics were good so if, if you, you know look at it from that perspective is it you know is it going to win an Oscar god I hope not but it's fun for what it was. I felt the same way about the Mortal Kombat movie. Like, I really enjoyed that. Like, that's what I wanted out of that movie. Like, that's kind of what I wanted out of the Space Jam. So, it didn't disappoint me at all. And I think a lot of the people that were just really, really harsh on it, I don't know. I, I think the people just had some expectations that just really needed to be tempered. And... Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's fun. We can have things that are fun that don't have to be, you know, Shakespeare, for lack of a better word. Like, just, you know, let it be silly, let it be fun. And that's kind of what Space Jam was. 
and the new one fit right in that. And I think it's great. Um, I've already watched it once. I'll probably watch it again. My kids were not going to watch it with me. Um, but my kids are kind of at an age where they don't really like any of the things that I like. So, but I made my husband watch it and he didn't die and it was great. So, you know, that's kind of, that's my thing. Awesome. I have not seen it and oh I was the wrong generation for the first Space Jam. So I'm probably. But your kids were the right generation. Oh no, they're younger. Than- no, they're sort of in between. Yeah, they're enough younger than you that it just kind of really wasn't wasn't our thing. But I, I I think you're right though, Amy. Like what they say about people just having outsized expectations for something. It's like it's a kid's like when I like tell people like Airbud Golden Receiver is awesome. Like I'm like, but like for a movie about a dog who plays football, <laughs> you know, like that's kind of like, yeah. you know, and I also, I love, love, love athletes spreading their wings and doing different things. You know, I love it when they can show that they can do something else and they can, you know, enter a different sort of sphere. I think it's fun and exciting and we should all be so lucky to have a chance to do something like that. Right. And you, you got to think they had to have had a blast making that movie because it looks like it would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely does. Um, well, should we wrap it up from there? We talked a little good Space Jam. I mean, what a good way to end things. Um, well, thank you so much for listening. You can find me at Cassidy Gamut on Twitter. Amy, where can people find you on Twitter? I am Hoop City Hellcat. I love Hoop City Hellcat. That's like the best handle. You want to remind people how they can find your work? Yes. If you go to memphisflyer.com, check out the Beyond the Art columns. That is where we have our Grizzly coverage. Um, me and my partner in crime, Sharon Brown. That's kind of my, my, my other, the other half of my basketball mind, so to speak. Um, but yeah, check out the Memphis Flyer website. Find us on Twitter. Um, I'll probably be there being really loud about something. Here, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at TCBBIGGS. Awesome. Well, if you are enjoying our mild, medium, or hot takes, or just sometimes our random rants, you can like and subscribe on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying, leave us a review and tell us your own hot takes on Twitter at We Have a Take. And until next time, go watch Space Jam. And remember, athletes are humans. Treat them as such. Until next time, we'll talk to you later.